Hey, housewives, come on in. You know the dirty dishes are still in the sink from yesterday and the laundry is still in the basket. Pop your AirPods in and make yourself at home here. I'm Tracy. I'm Tori. And we are your Unlikely Housewives. Stepping out in faith and believing that God calls the unlikely, we are here to show you the appreciation and validation you deserve, lead you to authentic relationships, and release you of believing the cultural lies to restore your faith and wellness. Pull up those high-waisted yoga pants, tighten your top knot, and reheat your coffee for the third time. Turn up the volume and let's go. Hey, housewives, welcome back. Hey, hey. We're excited to have another guest with us today. And we're going to kind of go off of what we normally do. You know, we're talking women and we're talking health and marriage and all the things and kids. And this actually is one of the biggest pieces of all of those. Yeah. (laughs) And so we're going to talk about finances. So Tori, why don't you introduce our guest? Yes. So financial health is a big deal. And if you are not financially healthy, you have a lot of stress on the day to day. And so on here, we have got Brian Sarf from True Wealth and Company. And he's my personal financial planner. And he is a wealth of knowledge, pun intended. (laughs) And so when the idea came out of like kids, like let's talk about the kids financials, like what are we teaching our kids on how to finance and things like that. And then also some other stuff. So that is why we brought on Brian. So welcome, Brian. Thank you. Glad to be here and enjoying a little, a good morning here to talk with you guys about finances for kids. Yeah. Yeah. I have four kids. Obviously, you know Tori well, but we were just discussing here before we came on the air. And I think it's really awesome that you are able to bring just some pieces of wisdom to families because for us, it's we're still very new with it. Our oldest is 15, 13, 11, and 9. Yes, we do a few things in the house we will allowance for, but we're firm believers in our family that chores are serving the family. We're, We're a big working together. So how to get them to earn money has been a kind of a big deal. And our son turned 15 in April. And when he started looking for jobs, because here in Kansas, you get to drive. So we're paying for gas when he's got a a car payment and things. And so when we started looking, the options, there are some out there, but a lot of jobs you can't get until you're 16. And so there's been a lot. Now, my other son is 11 refs for soccer. So he's starting to earn. G G is G money. Yeah, we call him G money because while he's only 11, he's always wanted to work and make money. And he will tell you what he's saving for. He still likes to blow it on candy and things, too. But he's 11. (laughs) (laughs) He's allowed. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm excited for this conversation and some of the things you bring. I just wanted to give that preface of like, hey, even though we're just getting started, we know that there's a lot of families that haven't even got to this point yet. That's right. It's so different for everybody because, number one, every family is different and their approach to money is different and all of your kids are different. Mm -hmm. So there is no... One size fits all. Here's the guide on how to set it up. Ain't that the truth. So you have to customize it as parents. And you can have this great, wonderful, rigid plan you want to follow. And it's just not going to work a lot of times because everybody's different. There's some great suggestions that 
may work wonderful for you, but may work terribly for somebody else. So you got to kind of try what works for you, what works for your kids. And just to begin to introduce and to talk about money with them so that they begin to learn a little bit about it, how you earn it. When they learn about taxes, usually that's not fun. You know? <laughs> Nobody <laughs> likes that yep. part. We always, we've all probably seen the YouTube video of the kid that's playing Monopoly and he has to pay taxes and he just loses it. Mm-hmm. And, and he's just, oh my God, it's taxes. They take everything. <laughs> so we have to learn about all those different concepts. And then how to invest and save. Yeah. What's debt? How to manage credit cards, how to have a bank account, and how to use a debit card, how to use gift cards. All those things that happen in kids' lives starts at an early age, and then it continues to advance and get more serious as they get older. I remember a conversation of hearing a friend who literally, after she got her first paycheck, she went to her boss and said, they didn't pay me everything that like my, and they go, no, no, they did. They just took out the money for federal taxes, state taxes. I didn't tell them they could do that. Well, well sweet, sweetheart, no one no one tells you, you they can do that. They just do that. Yeah. But speaking of gift cards, gift cards are such a sense of money. I remember talking with G-Money. And going, <laughs> oh, that's right. We were at the store together. We were at the store together and he had a gift card. And I said, do you know how much is on it? And he goes, I don't know. And I was like, okay, we'll turn it over. And so I gave him my phone so he could call and check the balance of it. And he did it. And he's like, oh, this is cool. And I was like, yeah, they actually let you know how much you still have left. (laughs) Well, I think what's so interesting, and maybe you can shine some light on this. So my kids don't use cash. So my kids aren't learning the basis of money, cash, coins, et cetera. We have gift cards. We have apps, Cash App, Apple Pay. And our kids don't have credit cards yet. I know a lot of our friends, and you can touch on this later too, the green light card. There's a lot of different things that like are set up but our kids don't use cash. Is this a problem? It's all digital these days. Yeah. Jerome Powell is the president of the Federal Reserve. And in one of his speeches that he gave after the Fed Open Committee meeting, they do it throughout the year to raise interest rates or to see how the economy's doing. He said, all we do really in the computers, we add a couple of zeros and we hit enter and there's money. You know, it's not hard cash that you see all the time. It's a very low percentage of dollars are actual physical dollars in the world. I think it's less than 10%. 90% oh, is digital. Crazy. Wow. You know, I remember years ago, I had a client that he'd been a client for a few years. And one day we, it was just he and I in the room and he leaned in and he said, I've been wanting to ask you this for a long time. Where do you keep all the money in your office? Where's the safe? Uh-huh. I was like, well, it's all digital. It's all in the system. When it's allocated, towards everybody and there's a lot of record keeping that's digital behind it it's a different interaction than, than we had as kids yeah i had we had cash and you had money and you, you had to pay it and i think you learn the value of it when you have to hand over a hundred bucks rather than just digitally swipe a hundred bucks yeah yeah that's it, what that's what my biggest concern has been is that our kids they go and they have birthday money and we'll get a check from grandma and grandpa so then we will just digitally pay their phones you know mm-hmm. their apple cash mm-hmm. and so they have it But that, like, they just see it goes down and then it goes back up. There's no, like, I remember the physical pain of, yeah, $10 and wait, why do I only get $1.50 back? That's just not a lot of money anymore. (laughs) It's like you feel it. It's very gamified today. Yeah. Your kids today are trading cryptocurrency in college and in high school. They are interacting with the world digitally with the Venmo apps that they can pay each other, which is really convenient when you go out and 
and, and you go out and have a lunch and you want to share some money back and forth where with cash, it was a pain. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and digitally, it's really helpful. But yeah. do you have change for 20? Yeah. That I remember that. I mean, if you go in today and ask for 10 ones, they're like, that's like all the, all the ones yeah, I like, have. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I can't give you all I of that. I can't give you anything. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the, the digital piece is a different interaction for kids to learn that value and to go through building that relationship of, we have to make sure that when they're thinking about the money in their account, that they are able to do some mental accounting of, I've made $200. I got a little bit of interest in here. I've spent $150. I've got $50 and change left. And, and to begin to mentally account for what they have and where mm-hmm. they're spending it at. And then also seeing how they're spending their money and going back over, you don't have it in your hand, yeah. but you can go back through their statement with them mm-hmm. that they have on their app and look at their Venmo app, look at their green light you mentioned earlier, look at, we use like, we use the Commerce Bank, my spending cards for mm-hmm. kids, but you can go back over with them for the month to see where they spent their money and have them go through and, and tally it up. How much did you spend on on candy and drinks at Starbucks. And yeah. How much did you spend at Smoothie King? And how much did you spend on real things mm-hmm. and that? And they can begin to quantify how they're spending their money and see it at the end of the month yeah. and start building somewhat of a relationship of how they're spending their money. That's a great idea because I've never thought about that as like, so where they could see, I mean, we used to, okay, so people, there are these things called checkbooks, <laughs> check registers. <laughs> yeah. And literally the, where you would have to balance your checkbook and we learned how to do that. And, mm-hmm. but yeah. you could see, but again, it was the, when you wrote a check, you still hand it over and then you did the balance and you're like, oh, now my account only has this much money in it. That was very physical, but I like the idea of going through and going, okay, so at the beginning of the month, you had this, Mm -hmm. and then this is where each of these, that's our oldest, does that. Obviously, he has to collect a check still, his paycheck Mm -hmm. and deposit it, and he sees the account going up and down. But I think that one piece, though, is the cross-referencing. The bank account is one thing, what's in there. That's the most important, Mm -hmm. like how much is in there. But it's the off stuff of like, who did I Venmo, and who did I, what's my Apple Pay used for, and those kinds of things that we need to. Now, here's another question. Obviously, this is the parent's job because it's not in the schools much at all anymore. Very little. Yeah. Very little. I mean, I yeah. think third, no, I mean, second grade, third grade, we're learning about money and the value <laughs> of each coin. But then that's about it. Clearly in math, they do some more. You yeah. Know? But there's not the handling in the saving and budgeting yes budgeting i don't know if maybe in high school you get a finance yeah. class you get some in high school yeah yeah i must i have all my daughters are older oh yeah we've I've already been through that yep 23 21 18 my youngest one just went through a budgeting class so she had to pretend like she was on her own how much did she have to spend for rent and what did she have to have for utilities that's and awesome food and car payment and all that they went through a class of learning how to budget on a salary to yeah. figure out where you can live, what you can afford and what you can buy. Then she came and asked us a lot of questions about about yeah. money and, and talked through that a little bit to help her kind of figure out um, how to spend her salary. One thing I want to really stress for parents is be careful where you are critical with their money. Hmm. Because if they're always with you and you're always critical about how they spend their money, they don't want to share with you and talk with you about it. And they don't want to go through it. If you're there like, Look how much money you spent at Starbucks. You wasted your money. Look how much money here you wasted this or you did that. You really want to be careful how you're critical because you don't want them to build that relationship that when they talk with you about money, it's always going to be critical and they're Mm -hmm. going to be 
put down. You want to do it as a, you want them to figure that out over time. And so you just want to talk with them and help them quantify it, but no commentary. Yeah. Ask them how they feel about how they spent their money. Mm-hmm. How do you feel how you used your money? Do you know how many hours it took you to make the money? Yeah. But ask them questions and help them learn the questions to ask themselves to evaluate money rather than giving your opinion of how they spent their money. That's good. That is really good because I'm thinking too of like, we're at the stage now where for money, like if I'm buying some, yes, candy is consumable, right? So that's going to be gone or whatever. But like, I want my kids to not just want stuff, but want experiences. And maybe the candy came with going to the high school play. Like those, that is where, yeah, go have some candy. Like you don't think about like, well, she got Starbucks because every single week because she was meeting with her little group of friends and they were palling around. But we just see like, oh, you just spent money at Starbucks and mm-hmm. da, 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 or consumables versus like you didn't save it for the new whatever yeah. is next. Yeah. So but yeah, that's- helping them think for themselves is the biggest part of their relationship with money and the questions they ask that, you know, there's two mindsets in the world that there's an, a, a mindset of scarcity that money is scarce. Or there's a mindset of abundance. Mm-hmm. And we see that both in adults with saving. We see that with spending. We see that with in kids as they're developing. I think the certainly the healthier mindset is a, is a mindset of abundance. Mm-hmm. But there's plenty for everybody. There's not a scarce, limited number. I mean, we just went, we're $33 trillion in debt now as the United States. And we were $6 trillion in debt just 15 years ago. So there is a massive overabundance of money. But when you're talking with your kids, it's about um, helping them understand that their hard work and study and education and the career path they choose and what fires them up to get Mm -hmm. them excited that pays them some money. And that is really important for them to develop that relationship because that then ends up helping them fund their dreams and their experiences and their lifestyle and all that as they're learning with money. But the other thing I want to bring up is we want kids to fail with money when they're young. I would rather somebody borrow 10 grand from their parents and not be able to make payments and have their car repossessed by their parents than for it actually to really happen. Yeah, that's very true. And so we want them to fail. We want them to figure out, man, I I, I have way too much debt or I've spent too much money and now I can't go on this trip or I can't do what I planned or I've got to figure another way. But the earlier they can fail at that, and you can help them ask questions to work through it, the better their long-term experience will be with money when it turns real when they're an adult. Yeah. That's good. Safety net of mom and dad, we can help you figure this out now mm-hmm. versus coming home in your late 20s and going, hey, so mom, dad, by the way, have $30,000 <laughs> in credit card debt and trying to get married. And you're like, stop. You're mm-hmm. you're on your own. <laughs> so, well, you said credit yeah. card. So let's talk about like credit for kids. Sure. What age should be, be introduced to kids? I think when they go to college, they need to get a credit card and start building some building, credit. Correct. Yeah. Yes. And begin at that point in time. It's a good time for them to go. It's a, to have a low limit and talk to them about it and encourage them to, as they're using it, to let you know what they're spending and where it's at and that they're paying it off and just talk to them about it as they're using it. They're, it's good to build credit, but you don't want it to go un, unignored because credit cards these days are, the average rate right now is 26% interest. Mm-hmm. So How? if you got a hundred bucks on there, right? That's 26%, $26 a year of interest for every hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. That's average. 
it's ridiculously high and there are a number of people and it's not surprising that delinquencies on credit card debt are accelerating. But I think a great time to begin to learn it is, is when they're headed off to college, they need to get a credit card in their name and start building a little bit of credit in there as well. And then when when you buy cars with them, you want them to have the, to be a signer on the loan, Mm -hmm. even though you might co-sign with them and help them buy it, you still want them as part of the process. Yeah. Yeah. Are there some resources that you would suggest for parents to check out for when it comes to credit cards, like one credit card better than the other? Or is it just like, because I mean, we know there are credit cards that are cash back or if they're travelers, they do miles or something like that. Is there something one way or the other? There's a great website. If you just go to Google and type in compare credit cards and it'll pull up a couple of websites and both of them are fantastic. And you can go in there and they'll sort it by points by balance transfer, by low interest rate, by free. Some are for for students, for new people learning how to use credit, but they're great websites that you can go search and, and dig through those a little bit. Awesome, that's great. Hey, housewives, we are so excited. Oh my goodness, this is a dream come true. Y'all have heard us talk about Arsana Sessions from the beginning, and we have Sun Lighten as a sponsor of Unlikely Housewives. Why wouldn't we have a sauna session that brings all of the good juices flowing right out of our bodies when we're detoxing? Ex- Bring it right to the Unlikely Housewives. Exactly. But first of all, some of those benefits. The intention of getting in the sauna for us was not to create a podcast. No, no. Nope. I have another we just job. wanted to sweat. We detox. Wa- detox. We wanted to boost our immunity. We wanted the reducing of inflammation and some the weight puff. loss. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's anti-aging. I mean, there's so many benefits to infrared sauna sessions. And so that was our initial purpose. Yeah. And just to vent, it was that season of life that we just needed to sit and talk and talk about what was going on. And that's where it all happened was in the sauna. Did you realize that there are studies that show heat therapy produces endorphins, those feel good emotions? So we were boosting our mood and ideas. So far, we boosted so far that a podcast idea came just flowing out. You guys... This is an incredible opportunity for you. You can have up to $600 off using our link, which is get.sunlighten.com backslash unlikely. That's get.sunlighten.com backslash unlikely. We'll put that link in the show notes for you too. But $600 off a Sunlighten purchase The one that I have got is the Impulse 3-in-1 Believe, and it's amazing, y'all. It has been the best health investment for our family. I'll say my friends because I invite them over. That's how I use the saunas in your... I know. I I come over and sweat. But it's so good and such a benefit. And And you said family investment. The kids can get in it, too. Exactly. The second I hear that there is a stomach bug going around class, Get in the sunlight and girls like you're going to do this in 20 minutes. Let's make sure your immune system is up to par to not bring that home for anybody. It is a family investment and you will not regret it. Again, that link for us is get.sunlighten.com backslash unlikely. All the link will be in the show notes. I had another question. 
just because we've kind of walked through this, we've had so many more conversations in the last couple of years, as obviously things have been changing in the financial world. And we have had a couple major stresses being house owners and things that happen. <laughs> we do talk about it with our kids like, hey, things are tighter right now. We're not eating out as much. We're not making these random purchases. Obviously, that's not being critical to theirs. But what kind of a conversation do you think that's healthy or not? It's great. It's okay. very healthy. <laughs> I think a lot of people don't talk about money with their kids young enough. Yeah. And you want to talk about budgets. You want to talk about what things cost. You want to talk about what you're spending money on. When you go on vacation, they should know what it costs to go on vacation. Yeah. What does it cost to buy a car? How much is your monthly payment? What do you pay a month for your house? They should learn those things at, a, at an early age and begin to understand what you're spending things on and what things cost. So in their head, they can kind of figure out mortgage is 3000 a month and the car payment is 900 and this is this and this is that. And they start thinking through those things. So that is becomes more normal conversation. But yeah. the no, more you can share on your budget or your expenses or what you're saving as a family and those things, really important that they see that you talk about them with your spouse yeah. on a regular basis in front of them, not like it's something where the kids have to go to bed and they're away and then you can talk about money. And if they come out and interrupt you, that you stop talking about money. Mm -hmm. You want them around. You want them to be aware of what things cost and what's going on. And the more open you can be, yeah, uh, I find that the better, healthier relationship the kids will have. Yeah, that's good. I would say we do that. The one piece we need to do more of is the talk about the saving piece or what we're saving for. Yes. That piece, I think mm -hmm. we need to do a better job of with the kids. Yeah. When my girls were in, in high school, somewhere between freshman and sophomore year, we began to tell them that here's how much we can pay per month for college. And anything you spend above that, it will be your expense that you'll have to take on as debt if you choose to go. I had three kids going through school. It's not an yeah. unlimited budget. <laughs> so we said we can pay so much a month and we'll index it for inflation. And I explained what that meant. As costs get more expensive. So if, if one went to school, it was a thousand a month. When the next one goes to school, maybe it's going to be 1200 a month. And the next time it's going to be 15. But we went through that and we, we set a budget for them. So when they were shopping for school, and thinking about that at class and on their school trips, they thought, okay, I've got this much saved and over four years, it's going to cost me this. That means I'm going to end up with debt at the end and they're okay with that. Yeah. And so that debt was their choice to take that debt on. Now, mm -hmm. you as a parent may decide down the road that you're going to pay that off if they get their grades and they graduate in those things. But I think it's important that they know what they can spend for college and what your budget is for them. And it, allow, it helps them to shop. The next part is to help them with the questions on how they would evaluate college with that budget mm -hmm. and how they're going to pick the school they're going to go to rather than giving your opinion. Like I went to Mizzou that I hate KU or something like that, <laughs> or you can't go to KU and everything. That was actually, actually a we have those rules in our house. <laughs> yes. actually. You, can't, you can't go to KU. Uh, oh. Daddy says not a dollar of my money is going to KU, but we'll see. My daughter pranked me on, I think it was my birthday. Right before she went to college, she, came out. She had been wearing KU sweatshirts around the house and she had talked about going to KU and all that. I didn't fall for any of those antics with her. Mm -hmm. And then uh, on my birthday, I opened up a gift that it was a gold and a black balloon popped out with me. She <laughs> <laughs> surprised me. So That's that, that awesome. was fun. Yeah. That is. Uh, well, you guys can do that. And I imagine I will have a KU or <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who yes. knows? We'll yeah. see. Yeah. It's going to take trips and travel and have them shop for them. Yeah. To see the differences out there. I can't imagine that's well, in the I, future that quickly. Yeah. Yeah. You're there. You're there before. Well, we started looking for colleges at 15, 16. Mm -hmm. We went on trips. 
I never had the opportunity to go look for colleges. So when Jessica was looking at college, she was 15. We loaded up in the car, her and Jessica and my middle daughter, Rachel. Then we went and saw 15 colleges and just left I-70 and headed east and went and saw a bunch of colleges. That's awesome. It was so much fun. I bet it was. Yeah. Well, and I think, too, it makes for memories, Mm -hmm. right? The college trips and things like that. And they get to see that if they haven't gotten to travel a lot, they are getting to see like what a college town looks like versus Mm -hmm. the town that they grew up in. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to suggest Lubbock, Texas or Amarillo <laughs> for one of my girls. I just don't think we can go and check it out. But I'm pretty sure that's not going to be their jam. <laughs> like, that's just not going to be their life. Never know. Yeah. Well, so as far as what about talking to kids, I, I'll say this savings like how can we help encourage them to start with a saving mindset yes and then how can we also talk to them about tithing because i think tithing is something that a lot of our families do and at first like when you're a kid like you you wait you know that you need to give your first fruits to the lord but you're like it's that scarcity, right? Yeah, but scarcity mindset, it's that right? too. But so how can we talk to kids about saving and tithing? Um, percentages are what's most important. Okay. That when we learn those percentages at a young age, when you have $100 and you can give 10, it's a lot easier when you have 100000 and you have to give 10000 or a million and you have to give 100000 Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's hard if you start at a million and you get 10%. <laughs> right. Yeah. But uh-huh. if it's been it's a habit a very large check. <laughs> right. check. It's also with savings. It's looking at the percentages And so I look at long-term planning in percentages and short-term in dollars and cents. Like short-term, I need 50 bucks to go to the movie, to get gas in the car, da-da-da, right? Right. But if I'm planning for the long haul is, I need to look at it and say, all right, I need to save. So with kids, I start with, if you earn $100, if you're tithing, you want to save your 10% Mm -hmm. for tithing. You want to put a 30% to save. And then the other 60%, you do what you want with it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so you just start with that 10%, and then you've got your 30%, which is 40% of, of the $100. So there's $40 accounted for, and then 60 you can that you can go and you can spend. Those percentages may change as they get an apartment or they get a car or that or as they get older. But to start early with some percentages that they're going to save for is really important. Now they can, what they're saving for, they can decide what that money is going to go for mm-hmm. and have a multiple things that they want to purchase at some point. Maybe they just have a goal of, I want to have 10,000 in my bank account when I go to college, whatever it might be. But percentages help in an early age uh, to set that up. And what you do is you just go online at your bank, you have the kids open a couple of, of accounts and you'll actually have an account for savings and you can actually have an account for spending. So all the money comes into the main account. You set up an account for saving. You set up an account for spending. And you can set up an account for tithing. And you can put it and you can, as the money comes in the door, then you can allocate it hmm. where you want it to be at. And then you know where your money's at. And, it, and it's organized digitally. Yeah. And that's the beauty of being digitally that as you get older, you can use things like mint.com that you can go to. And you can link all your credit cards and your bank accounts and everything. And you can see where you're spending then you can set up your percentages and your budgets and those things. But that's advanced once the kids are out of college and they're yeah. starting to live a normal life, working and all that stuff. And then you can introduce them to that concept of mint.com. Okay. Well, I love the idea. I mean, it's so much easier to open a checking account now. 
like, I mean, or just bank accounts in general going yes. on to and because so many, I mean, I know that we use Ally Bank and that is all online, but it's really easy because I do. I separate like because I'm self-employed, like with money, like this bank account has the money that I'm putting away for taxes and this money, but it's different buckets. Right. And, yeah, and you can name the account and say, and say what it is. Right. So you see it. Then when you pull it up on your phone. You can see what you have in savings, what I have here I can spend and what I have that I need that I can tithe and any other goals that you have. You can add those pieces in there and the banks are more than happy to help you do that. Yeah. So what do you find that kids are the most illiterate, the right word for financially when they like financial literacy is what they call it. Okay. Yeah. What is the thing that kids just are not getting at this point? Like, what is the main... Debt. Debt, yeah. That's the biggest. That's it's what a, I was going to say, too. Because you, do, you don't realize how, like, if you borrowed 20 grand at 26% and you make the minimum payment, that takes forever to pay that off. Understanding percentages is hard for a lot of people. Yeah. And then when you throw on compound interest on top of it, <laughs> right? And that's the same with debt, that you're, it's going to compound as well, just mm-hmm. compounding the other way, that you've got to pay it down to reduce the interest so you pay it off. That's a hard concept to think about of how you amortize a loan for a mortgage. Right. And I'm going to borrow 400000 I'm going to buy a home. I'm going to finance at today's rates at 7% over 30 years. Here's what my principal and interest payment's going to be. And then I have escrow. And then I have home insurance. And then you have all the regular upkeep. So, you know, those are bigger concepts that you get into. But it starts with understanding percentages in relation to money and beginning to understand debt and what debt is. And... Debt can be very healthy. It can also be extremely detrimental. And so understanding that's probably the hardest concept is is understanding debt. Mm-hmm. Now that I think about it, I'm like, okay, now I need to tell the kids like, okay, let's look at our mommy's, mommy and daddy's mortgage statement. Yeah, right. <laughs> like you're paying, like, I mean, you I think- do. I think that's the that will be the hardest thing until you live it. Just like you said, get mm-hmm. them that experience underneath your roof. Like while you have them. Just seeing values. Yeah. Like it's, oh, you know, we went to find out that E's got to have some oral surgery and it's like, and she goes, oh, that's not that expensive. And you're like, no, okay, like, all right, we need to reframe what mm-hmm. you think it is. But, but I also think it's teaching the kids how to go find the information. Mm-hmm. And so- this great new innovation called AI is phenomenal, and it has some fantastic tips and things in there to help you as a parent and with your kids. Like, go to Bard, created by Google, and go to Bard and, and open it up and type in there, how can I best explain debt to my kids? Or how do I understand debt and that? And it's fantastic. I was in there this morning playing with it and typing some questions in there just to see how it's evolving. And it's amazing of the information it has. And just suggestions and ways to learn it. Like, if you want to learn about compound interest, Mm. sit down with your kids and say, I want you to start with a penny on day one, and there's 30 days in the month, and I want you to double the penny every day. Mm -hmm. So we're going to go from one to two to four to eight to 16 to 32, and I want you to guess how many dollars will you have at the end of the month. And have them look at that and understand, like, that's extreme compound interest. Yeah. But that's how it works over time, and it works in your favor because... You put in a little bit of money and leave it alone, and it can grow with interest to be a tremendous amount of money down the road. But starting younger to save and leaving it alone for compound interest will build 
significant wealth in the future. That's a really good picture. I chuckled when you said AI because last night my husband and I got a text from my 13-year-old daughter. And I said, which AI, ChatGPT, what was it that you used to type that text? Because that was not your word. <laughs> it was convincing. I, I know she had to type in, convince my mom and dad to let me have TikTok. Not even joking. I will show you afterwards. And I text and my husband texts and it came through at the same time. Was that chat GBT? <laughs> like, Those were not your words. That's a good try. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, that's what I said. Answer still no. <laughs> that's a good try. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So one last thing before we let you go. For a kid that does have a job, so let's talk G-Money or let's talk her 15-year-old, they have got a job. Is there something that they can be doing to set themselves up financial health? Like at this point, too, is like, yeah, or saving, let's say the saving, is there a better way, like put it into a for like, can they do a 401k? What is there? What do you suggest? Well, it's the first part is to set a goal. Mm -hmm. Why are they working? And what are they working for? Yeah. Are they saving up for something where they want to buy a fancier iPad? They're saving up for a car. They want a better phone. They want to go out on a date. They want to go spend some money on a trip. What are they saving for? What are they putting that money aside for? And that's number one is to figure out that goal. And then for them to figure out how long it's going to take them to achieve the goal. So they stay after it. And then to make it visual so that by their mirror in their bathroom, they have on there, I'm saving so many dollars a week for this item. And it's good to put a visual representation of what that is. So if they're saving for a car, what kind of car do they want? Mm -hmm. How much does it cost? And put it up there. If they want to take a trip or they want to go somewhere for some experience, have it visually represented, have a dollar amount on it, and they can see their progress they're making towards that goal that they want. It's We're visual creatures. Yeah. And seeing that and having that goal will motivate you to I don't feel like going to work today or I want to call in sick. You see your visual representation. You see how close you are mm -hmm. and the progress you've made. Then you go after it. The second thing is we too often as humans, we focus on the gap versus the gain. Now, let me explain what that is. So when you set off to achieve a goal and you see this goal way out there in the future that you want, we're always looking at the gap of where we are to the goal we want to get and how far away we are. And man, this is going to take forever. And mm -hmm. I haven't worked as hard and I'm just not going as fast as I, as I want. But if you turn around and look at the progress you've made, that's the gain you've made. If I started here with nothing and I'm here now and I've made this accomplishment and these are the sacrifices and the time I've put in for that. And if you can focus on the gain type thinking, it'll be so much better for the future than man, I'm so far away from my goal or I haven't worked hard enough or I haven't saved enough is, look at the progress I've made. It's much better reinforcing that way. That's in every goal in life that you have is the focus on the gain, not the gap. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. That is so good. Yeah. And again, that's it's mindset strategy. That's, I think, you said it at the beginning, but the mindset around money, it really does come down to that. How are you raised? How do you feel about money? And how, oh, yeah. how is it in your marriage? How's the conversation around finances? Because that's really how you're going to pass it on to your kids. The health of finances. Mindset's everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, we just want to say thank you so much for all of this. This has really set our kids up and has taught me a lot of things to prepare for and start little, I think I'm going to start little buckets, physical buckets for mine. Well, I'm going to um, encourage my kids to do the visual thing because I know they don't. And, and again, because it's digital, they see where it is. 
but they don't see the like every weekend when they go to work and they do things what they're working for. So yeah, I like, like that idea too. Like a little thermometer thing yeah. that we've seen on all those fundraisers. Yep. That are, that'd be good. Yeah. So, well, thank you so much, Ryan. Yeah. We are going to put in the show notes of how our listeners can find you if they want more information or want to start working with you. But what is the best way for people to get a hold of you? Best way is they can call the office. Okay. 913-653-8783. Or they can uh, go to our website, retirewithtrue.com, retirewithtrue.com. And you can just go to the contact us page and shoot us a message and we'll take it from there. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Brian. And we look forward to putting some of this stuff into practice. Yes, we do. Have a good week. Bye, housewives. Whether we made you laugh or cry today, we pray you feel appreciated, bolder and braver than yesterday, stronger and more faithful for tomorrow and living in who you were made to be today. Join our online community on Facebook. Link in the show notes. And be sure to review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy listening. Until next time, housewives, we give you permission to walk confidently, free, and to be intentional in your slippers or stilettos.